Hello, and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane. I'm a mother of three living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. Join me today as I bring you my conversation with Melissa Constantino. We discussed pantry staples, and she even provided us with a few of her favorite simple meals. This is less of a decluttering episode. Check back to episode 141 for that. But this is more of a how to create the minimalist pantry. She encourages us with things that she has in her own pantry and what has helped her as a personal chef in the past. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to encourage you to leave a rating and review if you haven't done so yet. Leaving a rating and review on iTunes is the best way you can help this podcast succeed and grow in the new year. I know a lot of people are looking to declutter and minimize this year, so feel free to share it with friends and tag me. I'd love to see how you're decluttering this year. I'd so appreciate any support and love that you can give the podcast either on iTunes or on social media. I think that's it for now, so enjoy this conversation with Melissa. Melissa, thank you so much for joining me on the Minimalist Moms podcast. Thanks for having me, Diane. I am really looking forward to discussing just pantry staples and simple food ideas. I think this is an area that women, at least for myself, I really can tend to struggle in. I feel like I always want to overdo it. So I'm happy to have you here to discuss this. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely a way to make uh, cooking and grocery shopping so much easier, which I think is what we're all trying to do right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get into the conversation, I'm going to go back to the beginning and have you introduce yourself and tell listeners about who you are. Sure. So my name is Melissa Constantinou, and I live in Portland, Oregon with my husband and two daughters. They are five and three. And before having kids, I worked as a personal chef for about five years. And currently right now, I run the blog Homemaking Engineered, where I write about eco-friendly living, minimalism, and green parenting while I stay at home with my kids. And would you say that you consider yourself a minimalist mom? I would say yes. I've always had minimalist tendencies, especially in college in my early 20s, where I was, I think, forced to be a minimalist because I was moving constantly and Mm -hmm. also moving to really small uh, apartments and homes. So I didn't really want to have a lot of stuff to move with me. And over the years, I kind of just liked not having a lot of stuff, not having to keep track of a lot of things or maintain a lot of things. Um, So when I had my kids, I definitely doubled down on being a minimalist because I I knew that it would be so easy for my house to just become, you know, overrun with kid stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think I definitely consider myself an actual minimalist now, especially because like as my kids' things come in, I'm getting rid of things and I'm constantly just trying to um, strive for simplicity and organization all the time. I'm curious though, when you were a personal chef, would you say that minimalism or maybe just like more intentionality, do you feel like that bled over into your cooking or was it more like you would have menus that you had to prepare? That's, I just find that so cool that you were a personal chef at one point. I'm curious to know more about, I guess, what that was like. Well, being a personal chef itself is really fun because mm-hmm. you get like a, a really close look at people's eating habits and their personal preferences, which mm-hmm. is not something, you know, that a lot of people get to see. Um, so yeah, I think I was definitely minimalist in the sense that 
I wanted to prepare simple meals because like I'll explain later, um, the pantries that these people had were stocked, but not necessarily with ingredients that I could use. Mm -hmm. So I had to make sure that I had everything with me because I couldn't really rely on what they had in their pantry. So I had to really make simple things all the time. Yeah. And well, I'll get to my next question. I wanted to ask you what made you want to discuss simple pantry items and simple foods? Because I know that when you and I were doing our back and forth, we were trying to figure out maybe what your topic would be. And this was something that you had suggested that you would talk about. So I'm just curious, like, why did you choose that? And then how has being more minimal in that area benefited you? Sure. So having a minimalist pantry to me, isn't necessarily having like a few things in your pantry, which is what you might automatically think of. It's more about simplifying what's in your pantry and um, putting in items that you are constantly replenishing and using. Mm -hmm. So I really like to let people know that stocking a pantry doesn't mean that you have to go to Costco and buy all these different things and then put them in your pantry and then you're done. It's more about exploring the foods, the meals that you're making and setting yourself up for success by stocking those items and which makes your life so much easier, which I think is what we're all trying to do, or Mm -hmm. at least I am. No, absolutely. And we've done a how to declutter the pantry. So that's not as much what this is about as how, like what we're actually going to put inside the pantry. So how would you say we create a minimalist pantry? What has that looked like maybe in your life and how would you recommend others do that? So to create the minimalist pantry, what you want to do is if you have a pantry right now, take everything out so that you can start from scratch and put aside all the foods that you know that you're just not going to eat and put them aside so that you can donate them or give them to friends or family. Then write down which meals you make the most. We all pretty much make the same things over and over. So when you think about those meals, break them down by ingredient. And those ingredients are going to be the bulk of your pantry because they are going to be the building blocks that you need to make whatever meals you choose. And I personally recommend building a small stockpile of those items so that you always have them on hand. And I know that we're minimalists, so the thought of building a stockpile probably doesn't sound great. But minimalism is also about simplifying. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I like to simplify going to the store or having to go to the store by having extra items on hand. So if you can have a few items, two or three extra cans of, say, tomatoes, that will make your life a lot easier than having to not be able to make that meal at all because you have to go to the grocery store. So each time you go to the store, just top off those stockpile items so that you always have them on hand. And the difference with these stockpile items too is that you're going to be constantly using them. So they're not going to be sitting in your pantry like uh, specialty sauces or other specialty ingredients that you might have. Absolutely. That's just kind of like us. I know that once or twice a week we'll be eating spaghetti. So we always just anytime we go to the grocery store, we just have our sauce that we know we get and we have that on hand just because you're right. It's not going just to be sitting there on the shelf like some of the other items in our pantry. So I I love the idea of stockpiling, but in a minimalist way. I like that. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so what are some of the other pantry staples that you would suggest having around our household? 
So I like to split those up into categories. So we have baking supplies, dried goods, condiments, pantry vegetables, canned goods, fats and oils, and spices. I know that sounds like a lot, but if you have a little bit from each of these categories, you can really make anything and be creative and be flexible all at the same time. I love that you have separated them into categories. And I know this might be slightly dense for some listeners, but I actually would love it if you kind of broke those areas down, maybe with just like, I don't know, seven to 10 items that you would keep in each of those areas. So if you want to go back to baking supplies, we'll start from there. Okay, awesome. So if you like to bake, I'm going to list out a few things that you can have that will allow you to pretty much make anything. So there's obviously going to be exceptions, but if you have these items, you're pretty much off to the races. So we've got salt and flour, whichever flour you use, uh, granulated sugar, powdered sugar, honey and maple syrup are awesome for baking, baking powder, baking soda, cocoa powder, instant yeast, chocolate chips, vanilla extract, and baking chocolate. Like I said, if you have those, then you're pretty much, you're good. You can make a cake when somebody's coming over. You can make muffins. You can make cookies, whatever it is. Yeah, no, Um, I absolutely love this. I love this. This, I like real life examples because it really helps me create my own list as I'm listening to something. So I love that you're doing this. Let's move on to the next category. I think you said dried beans and grains and pasta, that kind of stuff. Yes. So I would recommend having white or brown rice, whichever you eat, and also brown lentils. I love having lentils on hand to just make a quick lentil soup or to bulk up a a stew. Um, Also beans. If you choose canned beans, those are great in a pinch. If you choose dried beans, those are cheaper, but they take uh, more time. So maybe a mix of both if you're interested. Mm -hmm. I like to have black beans, red beans, chickpeas on hand. Chickpeas are great for making hummus really quickly, Um, whatever pastas you like to use, and also oats. Uh, Oats are not just for oatmeal. They can be used in baking. They can also be used to thicken uh, soups. If you put some oats in a food processor and blend it up to what's a powder, you can uh, mix a little bit of water in there and add it to a soup um, as a thickener. So oats are definitely a, a staple. Is there something interfering with your happiness? Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? Mental health has become much more of a topic of conversation and just something that we're more aware of and comfortable talking about these days. However, there can be a lot of stress associated with trying to find the right healthcare provider. That's where BetterHelp Online Counseling comes into play. With BetterHelp, I have been able to see just the ease in which you can receive that care that you're looking for. I just had to go to their website, fill out a survey of what I was looking for, and was set up with my own personal counselor. The option to have a counseling session from the privacy of my own home, plus the fact that I didn't have to worry about booking a babysitter for three, just made BetterHelp even more convenient for me. They make it really painless and just easy for you. It's so fantastic. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So if you've really struggled with just trying to find the right therapist or someone to talk to in regards to mental health, this is something I do recommend. And best of all, it's an affordable option and Minimalist Mom listeners get 10% off the first month. I want you to start living a happier life today. So visit betterhelp.com slash minimalist and join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp.com slash minimalist. All right, let's move on to condiments. 
Tecovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity, and I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tecovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. For a lot of my listeners, I feel like they're on a journey to simplify their lives, but they don't want to sacrifice style, which I completely understand. And that's why I was excited to partner with Home Threads. Home Threads is the perfect blend of minimalism and comfort for your home. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a curated collection of sleek and functional furniture that speaks to the heart of minimalist living, from multifunctional storage to timeless design. They have everything you need to create a clutter-free and serene space for your family. As most of you know, we've recently moved, and I'm not someone to just fill up a room so that it's done and decorated. I wanted to do this with intention, and so I searched out accent chairs on Home Threads and found the perfect mid-century modern chair that really complements my space. So embrace the beauty of less and elevate your home with purposeful pieces. Visit homethreads.com minimalist and get a code for 15% off your first order. Home Threads, love where you live. What are the condiments that we should have on hand? So condiments are really important because they can be the base for sauces, dressings, and marinades. So what I'm going to list out might sound like a lot, but all of them are really great building blocks for pretty much any sauce, dressing, or marinade that you need. So red wine vinegar, white vinegar, balsamic vinegar, soy sauce, sriracha, hot sauce, yellow mustard, Dijon mustard, salsa, ketchup, barbecue sauce, and mayo. Like I said, you can make pretty much any dressing or marinade with these. So those are definitely must-haves. Yeah, and I like how we're kind of building on what we've already talked about. You could honestly make so many different types of pastas or some rice bowls or bean bowls with these different types of condiments. And then you have meals that are really easy and accessible that you can do and kind of have a variety too. So you're not only having these things on hand, but you also can create a variety if that's something that you're interested in having. Exactly. And if you look at a lot of pre-made foods that you make, you could probably break them down and make them your yourself with mm-hmm. a lot of these ingredients. Absolutely. All right. What about canned goods? So for canned goods, obviously my first love would be the canned tomatoes. I'm Italian. So I cook with canned tomatoes several times a week and also tomato paste with with, um, the tomatoes. I actually have a trick for tomato paste. You usually buy it in the small can, but you never use all of that at once. So when you un when you open the can, flip it over and open the bottom too and push it through. So then you get a little tube of tomato paste and you can wrap it up in some plastic wrap and put it in the freezer. Hmm. And then the next time you use tomato paste, you can just cut off a little disc of that and then use it. And you can probably get, I don't know, maybe five uses or so out of one tomato paste can. 
So that's definitely a staple. Um, also, uh, chicken broth or vegetable broth, canned olives, canned tuna if you eat meat. And also something that I love to have on hand is uh, canned coconut milk. It can really add such a depth of flavor to Indian and Asian uh, dishes that um, is just so accessible to get now. Absolutely. All right. Pantry vegetables. Yes. Pantry vegetables. I always have garlic, yellow onions, and red onion, and they can actually be side dishes on their own. You could roast an entire head of garlic and oil and use that for bread, or you could do caramelized onions as a side dish or as a topping. And red onions can go sauces that you make or uh, marinades and also salads. So I always have the three of those. Absolutely. I love having a red onion on hand. Love it in salads. I love it in spaghetti sauce and roasted veggies, which is probably wrong. It's probably yellow onion that I'm supposed to cook. You're the chef. What am I doing wrong? (laughs) Oh, no, not at all. Roasted red onions are delicious. Okay. Okay. What about fats and oil? So I love to have butter, coconut oil, and olive oil. And I know a lot of other people like to have canola oil also for uh, baking. It's totally up to you. And then the last one is spices. So mm-hmm. spices can be kind of like a trap where there's so many spices available and you can think of like one use for each of them. So you have to kind of practice a little bit of restraint with spices and just be honest with yourself, which ones you're going to use. Um, so I really recommend cumin, paprika, black pepper, cinnamon, garlic powder, and also bay leaves. Bay leaves are really flavorful for soups and stews. And they are dried leaves, so they they pretty much last forever. So you don't really need to worry about them um, expiring Mm -hmm. like other spices. No, that makes sense. What are some of your go-to quick meals? I want to hear what has really worked for you and your family in keeping it simple, but also maybe quick. Um, Well, I definitely make a uh, simple tomato sauce every single week. I'll actually give you the recipe that my from my Sicilian grandmother from Mm -hmm. Sicily. So it's super easy. You just uh, slice a few cloves of garlic and you saute it in oil. Once you can smell the garlic, just put in a can of diced tomatoes, undrained, a little bit of salt, pinch of sugar, and let that simmer for about 10 or 15 minutes. And that sauce is totally done. And what I love about that sauce is it doesn't have to just be a tomato sauce. You can also use it as a soup base. Or you can add to it, like you can add uh, ground beef to it or sausage to it. It's a really easy sauce that I make constantly. Yeah, it sounds really amazing. Get it down to the basics. That's a great idea. Yeah, and this sauce freezes really well too. So if you wanted to make a bunch of it at once, you could just pop it in the freezer and then it'll defrost overnight and pretty much be like jarred sauce. I also make a really uh, simple lentil soup. I love lentils. And another thing too with with recipes is even if you don't have all the ingredients, you can still make it. So with this lentil soup, it's pretty much whatever you have on hand. I like to put so saute some garlic and onion and carrots and celery if I have it. And then um, once those have sauteed for a little bit, I throw in some dried lentils, a few bay leaves, some chicken broth or water. And then in 25 minutes, I have a really tasty soup. And then when I serve it, I do um, a few squeezes of fresh lemon juice on top, and that can really brighten up the whole soup. So that's really tasty. Sorry. And then the last one that I'll just chat about is a, um, a pasta with chickpeas and tomatoes. 
this one is super easy and you can add a lot of extra things to it when it's done. So I like to just saute some garlic and olive oil, add some diced tomatoes, salt and pepper. And then when that's cooked, throw in some uh, drained chickpeas and then mix that together with your pasta. And on top, you can add Parmesan cheese or feta cheese or fresh basil to really brighten that up. Yeah. And for listeners that are driving to work, I know I have a lot of people that listen during their commute. So I will be sure to include all of this in the show notes so that if you were wanting to go back and have one of her recipes already written down, I feel like that'll be beneficial. I'm curious to know how do you get your kids to eat this without being picky? I know this is somewhat of a different topic. I'm just curious. Well, my kids are normal kids. Okay. You know, they're definitely picky when they want to be, and then they'll eat things when they don't want to. Mm-hmm. But I make dinner. That's what's for dinner. Um, sometimes they like it. Sometimes they don't. I make a mental note of that, and we just kind of move on. I, I don't make different food for them. They just kind of eat what we have for that night. Mm-hmm. And a trick that I that I noticed is that my three-year-old obviously wants to know what my five-year-old thinks about the meal. So if my five-year-old promotes it, then my three-year-old will eat it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's something we just realized. If, if it gets the endorsement of my five-year-old, then my three-year-old is on board. It's funny the way that that works, but cool. Well, do you have anything else to share before we kind of wrap up the conversation? Just that look at what you're buying in the store that's pre-made and see if you can make it yourself. A lot of dressings and marinades are so easy to make, especially if you um, have these ingredients on hand and they really will help you develop your, your creativity and um, help your cooking. Yeah, that's a great idea. And that's a great tip. All right, Melissa, well, where can listeners find you if they want to connect? Sure. My blog is homemakingengineered.com. And I'm also on Instagram at homemaking underscored engineered. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? AKA, what is your minimalist moment of the week? I would say I'm simplifying kids' toys at the moment. Um, My kids are getting a little bit older, so I'm donating and getting rid of a lot of their little kid toys Mm -hmm. and making room for their older things, which take up more room like Legos and stuff like that. Great. Well, my last question for you is what is something that you can't stop talking about? Well, my husband and I just started watching the Queen's Gamut on Netflix and it is so fantastic that I highly recommend it. And it's about a girl who's really good at chess. And when we started watching it, I was really hoping that it was a true story because I love watching uh, true stories. Mm -hmm. But then as more and more bad things started happening, I realized, oh my gosh, I'm so glad that this isn't a true story. (laughs) (laughs) So it's really fun too, because it's set in the sixties. So, um, I just highly recommend it. It's a fun show. Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I'll have to look into that a little bit more and I'll be sure to put a link in the show notes for others that are interested as well. But Melissa, thank you again for joining me today. I just really appreciated how you really broke things down. And that's kind of what I was looking for in this episode. I know we went through pantry decluttering back in the fall. So I really just wanted what do we put in there and still stay simple and minimalist. So I just appreciate your time today and for coming on the show. Yes. Thank you so much, Dan. I really appreciate it. 
What did you think of the interview? Before we wrap things up here, I just wanted to share a few final tips that I have found to be beneficial in my own life. Number one, take note quarterly. Just notice your habits. Is this a one-time purchase? If so, then don't restock it. But if it's an ongoing purchase that you're constantly making a certain type of pasta or you love a certain type of pasta sauce, give it that permanent space in your pantry and replace the items that aren't getting used as often. I know that I have hopes of being the type of woman that is regularly using flaxseed and hemp seeds and all those fun seeds in my foods, but this is not the season for that right now. My kids don't seem to like it. So although I at one point had those in my pantry, they no longer need to be on the shelf. They just take up space and they go to waste and it's a waste of money. Next, I would say that although shopping in bulk doesn't really sound like a minimalist practice or habit, it's also just as important to consider efficiency and cost. Uh, That said, I would be careful on how much you buy in bulk because I think that too many options can lead to decision-making fatigue and, and just create storage problems that are really unnecessary. Create boundaries and rules and allow that to help guide you as you're choosing what to buy in bulk and what you're noticing you are regularly using. And then lastly, uh, we I think we kind of touched on this back in the decluttering episode 141, but a pantry overhaul can be expensive. So I would just suggest to do a little bit as time and your budget permits. What are your thoughts? I'd like to know. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com. There you'll find links to the Facebook page, Instagram account, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.